Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, Mr. News. Hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, the Arizona election audit. Crucial to retaining the notion of one person, one vote in this republic. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. shows that a majority of Arizonans oppose Senate Republicans' election audit. Just under 41% of those surveyed back the audit, 55% oppose it, and 4% didn't answer. That's according to the survey conducted by Phoenix-based High Ground Consulting. The only voters supporting the audit were Republicans. Almost 80% stood behind it. And yet the top Senate Republican who authorized the audit told Team 12's Bram Resnick that she's answering the concerns of all voters. Graham is here with more of his one-on-one interview with Senate President Karen Fan. Senate President Karen Fan of Prescott says that her audit has nothing to do with Donald Trump. The problem is the people backing the audit and Donald Trump himself believe it has everything to do with Trump. Let's get very straight about this, and I hope you report this part. Senate President Karen Fan authorized the unprecedented review of Maricopa County's 2020 vote. This audit has never, ever been about Trump or the election. In Fan's mind, she's responding to the 45% of voters who she believes just have questions about the election. Don't we owe it to them to get, answer their questions? But the evidence shows audit support comes almost entirely from Republicans. And the top Republican, Donald Trump, is watching. Arizona Republican state senators, Trump said via email, are engendering such tremendous respect, even adoration, for the great job they are doing on the forensic audit of the 2020 presidential election scam. The people of Arizona voters, taxpayers, do not know who is paying for the audit. Shouldn't they know? Well, I don't even know who's paying for the audit either. The audit is led by people who believe the 2020 election was stolen from Trump and backed by like-minded fundraisers. Those citizens have asked their Senate to audit the entire thing. Patrick Byrne is all over social media promoting the audit. He set up a fundraising site that's raised more than $1.7 million from unnamed donors. I don't know who Patrick Byrne is. Fan knows who this man is. Hi, Mr. Logan. Can you tell us who is paying for this audit? I'm sorry, sir, but my agreement with the Senate doesn't allow me to talk to the media. Fan says she lets the lead contractor, Cyber Ninja's Doug Logan, handle all the contractors and the donors. I have nothing to hide. I don't think they have anything to hide. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. There's only so much of this waterboarding 
nails on the chalkboard I can take here from the mainstream media. Attack, attack, attack. What the Republicans, the evil Republicans are doing in Arizona is wrong, and the people don't support it. You watch the news. This is out of Phoenix, right? So you watch this. You're sitting at home. Uh, you, you're eating your dinner. You're eating your TV dinner on your on your TV dinner tray. Do they still make those? Uh, you're getting your Salisbury steak out. You're cutting it up, and you're watching this, and you s- conclude, kind of half-watching it, right? Because you're drinking your iced tea also, or whatever kind of beverage. Uh, and, and you're half paying attention, you're half looking at your phone, and you're half distracted by the kids, or what have you, right? Or it's 120 degrees outside, it's boiling in, in Arizona. The bottom line is, the simple message you're going to get from this very biased and one-sided report uh, Mr. Logan, can you tell me uh, who's funding the uh, audit? He knows he can't answer. The reporter knows he can't answer. That was an ambush. That's what we call an ambush for television. Just theater for television. You know, it makes the reporter look like he's doing his or her job when, in fact, they're not doing their job. They should be asking the question, was there any modicum of measurable election fraud in the 2020 election, presidential election, in the Grand Canyon State, a.k.a. Arizona. That's what this guy should be asking. Instead, the genesis of this report is in the morning, the assignment editor and the news director or the executive producer, they meet and they say, okay, okay, how how can we make the Republicans look like idiots today? Oh, we understand this guy, Logan, could be leaving his hotel and heading to the site where they're doing the ballot counting. You know, sometime in the afternoon, he's got to walk down this path. So why don't you, Mr. Uh, Reporter, just wait there, ambush him. You know he can't talk, but you're going to hit him anyway with the question, who's funding the recount? Let me tell you who's funding the recount. The United States Constitution. The founding fathers are funding, philosophically, the recount in Arizona. Arizona is now the epicenter for the future of this republic. And its notion, its unwritten notion in the founding documents, that would be the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution, doesn't say in there implicitly one man, one vote, one woman, one vote, one person, one vote. I'm sorry, but there are just two genders. I hate to break that to the uh, generation, I don't, was it Gen Z or Gen X or, I think I'm Gen X. I, I lose track of this nonsense. I hate categorizing people by color of their skin, by ethnicity, by whatever, age groups. People ask me on my age, I don't answer. I'm sorry, I will not answer. But I hate to break it to those younger folks in this country who believe there's multiple genders. And that I'm suddenly a cisgender. This is nonsense. Okay? One person, man or woman, one vote. One person, one vote. That really is the entire notion in a representative republic, right? The framers of the Constitution did not set up a democracy for the millionth time here. And I take painstaking roots to not use the term democracy in describing the United States. We're not a democracy. We are a representative democracy, you could call us that. A representative republic is more accurate. A constitutional republic, represented by people in Washington, D.C., ostensibly, 
is maybe even a better description of, of what we are. We're not a democracy, but we are based on the notion of one person, one vote, and that we all have not equity, but we all have an equal vote, just like we have equal protection under the law. We do not have equity in this country. We do not have equality of outcome, which is what the modern Democrat, a.k.a. Marxists, are after in this republic right now. That is redistribution of wealth. They want the equal outcome like they have in North Korea or in Cuba. And look how well that works there. But that's what they're after. They're after redistribution of wealth, literally the Robin Hood approach, taking from Peter, robbing from Peter to pay Paul. All these analogies you want to use, but this is the modern Democrat Party. And, of course, in balloting now, it's corrupt head to toe. They have figured out that the American people are completely asleep at the switch on this. The vast majority of the American people either don't care or are not engaged or actually want election fraud, so their guys win. You, If you talk to a typical Democrat voter in a blue state, they don't want to know the truth. They don't want to know if there was election fraud in Arizona or in Michigan or in Wisconsin or in Georgia or in Pennsylvania. They don't want to know. All they want to know is their mind-numb robot is in the White House. Speaking of mind-numb robot, I believe that's one of the colloquialisms, if you will, from Rush Limbaugh. And we have to continue on in the spirit of Rush Limbaugh. And Graham Ledger would never replace Rush Limbaugh. I'm not, I wouldn't even consider it. And I'm not meaning to suggest that here. But all of us have a little bit of Rush Limbaugh in us if we revere the United States Constitution. And we need to activate that little piece of Rush every day in one shape or form or another. And so this program in my mind, is dedicated to Rush Limbaugh. All of my programs, everything I say on social media or in public, really, is partially rooted in what Rush Limbaugh brought to the table for many decades uh, in this country. And, and damn, we miss him. And no one is going to replace him, period. But we did learn a lot from Rush, and I learned a lot from Rush, not only in content, but also style. Um, and we need to carry that on. And you need to carry it on in the name of Rush. And so a program like this that is going to delve into the Arizona audit is dedicated to Rush because it's something clearly he would have done and he would be doing right now if he were um, still alive today. And I, I, I mentioned this, by the way, once in a while, what a devastating year 2021 has been already with the fraud that took place in the election. Yes, this Video will not be allowed on YouTube because I just said election fraud in the 2020 election, presidential election, and then the January 6th uh, culmination of such. Really, January 6th, all it was was an imprimatur of election fraud. And, uh, you know, we had some people in the Republican Party who stood up against the election fraud, and then we had some uh, who did not stand up against the election fraud, but could have under the Constitution, not doing anything hyper-constitutional. For example, I'm sorry, but Mike Pence will go down in my mind in history as a man who could have stood up for the Constitution under his limited authority when it was time to certify the votes. 
He could have, yeah, it would have upset the apple cart, but so what? In the history of this republic, we have had election results delayed for many, many weeks, if not months. So it's not unprecedented, and it's not crushing, quote, democracy. Again, we're not a democracy. We're a representative republic. And to that end, I'm sorry, but Mike Pence didn't have to just sit there and and gavel the results. He could have said, you know what? This deserves a look. This deserves an investigation in Georgia or in Pennsylvania or in Wisconsin or Michigan or Arizona. And we're going to look at Arizona. We're going to talk with a state senator from Arizona who's right in the thick of all this. Uh, Her name is Kelly Townsend. And uh, she's right there with Senator Fan in investigating the election malfeasance that took place in Arizona. It's not a matter of whether there was election malfeasance. It's a matter of how much there was corruption, especially in Maricopa County, which is the largest chunk of votes. By the way, remember, Arizona went to Biden by 11,000 votes, an 11,000 vote margin. And I want to run some numbers by you in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you, this program is brought to you by MyPillow. You go to MyPillow.com or you go on GrahamLedger.com where we have links to MyPillow.com. Put in Ledger, L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. And you get up to 66% off on all MyPillow, Mike Lindell products. And Mike is countersuing now Dominion. And God bless him. I think he's got two suits going totaling over, I think, more than $4 billion, as he should. Remember, it was Dominion that picked the fight with him first. So they're suing for one point whatever billion dollars, and he's countersuing for, I think, a grand total of three or $4 billion. Good for him. We need to support him. We need to support Mike Lindell. Also on this program, we support Relief Factor. Relief Factor is a natural blend of vitamins, basically, if you will, and other things. Like turmeric is not a vitamin, but it's in the Relief Factor formula. And this is a natural way to beat back aches and pains. I've got one in my thumb. I don't know where it came from. Maybe golf, hitting the ball wrong, or lifting too heavy at the gym, the joint, whatever. Pain, right? I've got one in my knee. Like I said, it's all the left side of my body (laughs) that's in pain. Hmm. Uh, I got one in my knee. I have a bad uh, lower uh, left back, and my shoulder now is starting to. So I take Relief Factor, and it works. So if you go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger, or you call 833-425-7246, 833-425-7246, you get this introductory uh, price of less than $20, and they'll send you these packets. And you start taking this homeopathic, natural remedy, and it works. I'm telling you, it works, and I take it. I wouldn't talk to you about anything that I didn't believe in. My pillow and Relief Factor may have one more, maybe two more sponsors. We'll see. Um, but I wouldn't talk about it and endorse it unless I uh, believed in it. So if we look at the numbers in Arizona, I want to remind you that it was this 11,000 vote margin, right? Do you know what the voter turnout was in Arizona in the November 2020 election? It was almost 85 percent, 84 plus plus percent, a, a grand total of 3.3, 3.4, somewhere in that neighborhood, 3.3, 3.4 million votes 
That's the entire universe of votes for president of the United States at at 84%. So you have 3.3, 3.4 million total votes cast for president. That's for Biden and Trump and then the third parties, right? Total registered voters in Arizona is 3.9 million. That is an incredibly high voter turnout. Now, you could say, oh, it's because of mail-in ballots, right? Oh, it's because uh, the Democrats were energized or the Republicans were energized. You know, some of these long Trump trains, if you will, uh, miles and miles, not just a mile of cars, but miles of cars, some of the longest ones were in Arizona. And I, again, I, you know, that's not a measurement of votes. I know it's a measurement of support. It's a measurement of engagement. We saw the same thing, darn it, in, in California. I'm telling you, I don't know about the northern part of the state, but the southern part of the state was engaged in this election, completely engaged for Trump. Flotillas, I believe just before Election Day, there was I don't know how many miles long of, of vehicles with Trump flags going from the L.A. area to the San Diego area. I mean, it was it was spine tingling. We saw the same thing out in the desert. We saw it in certain other Orange County. And so, it's, again, it's not a measurement of votes, but this is an empirical measurement of votes. An 84 percent turnout, if you will. You have to use it in quotes for 2020, right, because of the corrupt mail-in ballot scheme. And it is corrupt. That's why the Democrats went to it so quick. So why did Ducey? He's not a Democrat, right? The governor of Arizona is not a Democrat, yet he fell right into like a bunch of dominoes and these other Republican governors is kind of gross that they fell for this. It's a joke. It's a joke. Oh, you can't line up and vote. Why not? Why not? What's the difference between lining up at Walmart with your mask on? By the way, outside more more than likely. In Arizona, November's a, the weather's nice, but it's sunny. And what do we know about the Wuhan coronavirus and other viruses in sunny weather? Oh, they dissipate very quickly. And by the way, they don't live on surfaces. This nonsense of you at the gym having to clean up after yourself to protect others from the Wuhan coronavirus is nonsense. It's nonsense. I'm a germaphobe. I do wash my hands at the gym all the time. Hand sanitizer. I don't even think hand sanitizer is enough for me. I just know that my hands are dirty at the gym. But this notion of cleaning up desks at school is cuckoo. There's no science based on this. All right, I'm diverging here. The voter turnout in 2016 in Arizona, you know what it was? 74%. turnout. So if there was malfeasance going on, you know, the Democrats had to know, using the Dominion voting system, that they could only allow so much malfeasance going on, right? They don't want to go where Los Angeles County has gone, for example, that there are more registered voters in L.A. County than human beings. (laughs) Yeah, than adult human beings. And God bless Voter Integrity Project. They're trying to clean that up. They've sued. They've won. And of course, L.A. County is going to drag its feet on this. But more registered voters than there are people eligible to vote in L.A. County. So they didn't want to quite do that in Arizona, these cheaters, Right. The Democrat cheaters and the people counting the votes, the people behind the Dominion machines. I don't know what role Dominion played, if any at all. But I do know that there is a 10 percent increase. 2016 over 2020 in Arizona. Why? How'd that happen? 
you trying to tell me that people were more energized and more engaged in 2020? Is it the mail-in ballots? I don't know. But that's a huge turnout, ladies and gentlemen. 84% is a huge turnout. And so what they're trying to do, despite the media uh, poo-pooing it, what they're trying to do in Arizona is get to the bottom of this. How much, not whether there was election malfeasance, but how much election malfeasance actually took place. Rudy Giuliani says there's evidence of Dominion vote manipulation. We need to find out if that's true. Breitbart is reporting uh, all kinds of things, uh, including the fact that there's no cooperation, of course, on the Democrat side. But there are problems with chain of custody. Uh, during the the balloting process in Arizona. And there are databases now missing. This is something we can bring up with Senator uh, Townsend. Gateway Pundit, remember, right after the election, they did a a mathematical audit, if you will, of Arizona and found that 30% of Arizona's addresses were fraudulent. 30% of those who voted were fraudulent. They actually canvassed. They knocked on people's doors and tried to see if these votes and these voters and these addresses matched up, and they didn't. 30%. This was just a cursory check. Now, here we are, what, more than six months later, don't we deserve the answers to these questions? Don't we deserve to know if 30% of the addresses in Arizona were fraudulent? Don't we deserve to know if Dominion votes were manipulated? Don't we deserve to know about the chain of custody and how corrupt it was and whether these databases were deleted on purpose or or where they are uh, right now, certainly we deserve to know uh, all this mainstream media. We deserve to know, despite what the media is saying, that this is some sort of controversial, partisan, I guess it is partisan. And I guess it is we do want to find out The truth about the 2020 election, whether Donald Trump actually carried Arizona, 11,000 vote margin is pretty thin. You know, you can say it's not about Trump. and, And in reality, it isn't. It's about this republic. It's about one person, one vote. But the bottom line is all of America deserves to know what happened in Arizona, because as they say in California, I think in this case, what happened in Arizona may have also transpired in Pennsylvania and in Georgia and in Wisconsin and possibly Nevada and all these other so-called blue swing states. We deserve to know the truth. Joining me now is Arizona State Senator District 16, Kelly Townsend. Uh, Senator uh, Senator Pham, your colleague on the uh, Senate in Arizona, has said that this audit is not about President Trump. And she's right. It's not about President Trump. Really, it's about the franchise. It's about what the framers of the Constitution gave us and the notion of one person, uh, one vote. But it is also about Trump voters and and whether their vote was disenfranchised in the great state of Arizona. So this is larger, really, than just a simple audit of a simple election. This is about what our men and women have shed blood for over the years. And the American people, in my opinion, whether you're in Arizona or Pennsylvania or Wisconsin or Florida or Texas or California, 
we deserve to know the answers. That's right. And I was the House elections chair for two years uh, prior to coming over here to the Senate. And I learned very quickly when doing my research that it's mostly about the most important thing is, is voter confidence. Because if you don't have voter confidence, you don't have voter turnout, and then you don't get an accurate representation of what the community wants. So we definitely want to have the, the voters coming in and voting. And then they're not going to do that if they feel like it's a waste of time because their vote is going to be negated by someone else doing something nefarious. So this audit is just another layer of the work we've been doing here in Arizona about rebuilding the trust with the voters. And, and so this is an amazing time. And I'm really glad and so proud of my colleagues that we're moving forward with this because what we're doing is we are finding those loopholes, those places that could leave open something for a bad actor to take advantage of. And we apparently have quite a few of those. So over the last two or three years, we have been working to close those holes and, and taking a look at our system and saying, you know, this is actually not a good way of doing things. These early ballots, the machines, um, the, the DEF CON uh, hacker conference that happens every year advising us to do a deep level forensic audit because of how vulnerable these machines are. So we're, we're looking at all angles of how we can close those loopholes and, and make elections great again. And this is important because uh, you're doing this basically alone uh, in Arizona. The Democrats are dead against this. And they're making it more difficult. I'm seeing uh, reports that the files are missing and there's no compliance in some cases to subpoenas. Uh, chain of custody issues are all messed up. Databases are gone. This is just a, a tip of the iceberg of the opposition you're facing, not to mention, of course, the mainstream media, who's going to make really on a national level. The mainstream media has tried to make you look like a bunch of dunces, like a bunch of fools, like a bunch of partisans, yet on you go. But there are major roadblocks. They're throwing up major roadblocks every step of the way, are they not? Yeah, I think this is quite clear to any average person observing, regardless of what side you're on. If, you, if there's nothing to hide, you know, they, they claim this, this is the most transparent successful election of all time we heard you know what after the election happened if that's the case then prove it let us see it if you have nothing to hide why are you trying so very desperately to hide it so it's it's obvious what's going on we had the secretary of state who is a obstructor in general right she really has been pushing really hard to push back on us to discredit us and then she just announced for the governor of Arizona, her campaign. And in her video, she talks about how transparent her office runs things. Well, what's transparent is how hard she's trying to keep us from seeing what actually happened during this election. It does not take a wizard to conclude that they are hiding what they have done in this election. So I'm very anxious to see the outcome of this audit. Um, I'm very impressed with how they're running the audit down there at the Coliseum. I wish that the audit would have happened where the ballots originally were. I wish that the county supervisors in Maricopa would have allowed us to conduct the audit in their presence, in front of them, with everyone to see. But they also uh, were experts at obstruction. Yeah. And, and so we've had to push through that. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes from this audit. Well, for example, the routers, right? And I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here. 
But I was talking to a guy, you know, an IT guy, and what does the router represent in a situation like this? And he basically told me in layman's terms that the routers kind of have a, a, a some sort of fingerprint on them of where they have gone, where the people using the routers have taken them. For example, if it's true uh, that these voting machines were tethered to the internet and then used on the internet and, and possibly through a clearinghouse in Europe, AKA Germany, then there would be a, a imprint, some sort of fingerprint of that. Yet you're not being allowed to, uh, to have these routers. You're not even being given passwords to crucial pieces of electronic equipment. That's correct. And so once again, if nothing happened, if, if there was no connection to the internet, if nothing went to Germany or wherever else, then show us what what what's the problem? And they claim, oh, there's sensitive information on there. Well, let us stand in your presence, and you can watch as we collect the information we need, and we will not get access to anything sensitive. That wasn't an option. So it's just everything we have tried to do. It has been met with resistance. So what we're doing here, at least my job, is to write new laws to fix the problems you know, that are going on. So I have legislation that prevents machines from being hooked up ever. So right now they can't be hooked up to the internet during an election cycle. And we were told these machines cannot be hooked up, but the manual for Dominion machines show exactly how that can happen. They're hooking laptops up to the machines. The laptops can have internet connection. So there's, there's things that can happen. So we're just closing those loopholes, like writing laws, not before the election, not during the election, and not after the election shall these machines be hooked up to the internet. And we're also adding penalties in case that some there is a bad actor that does do these things. We have copies of the hard drives, um, the backups of the nightly results during early ballots. So we have copies. Where are those going? Who has uh, access to those? Are, are they going off site? That's called chain of custody. We wanna know exactly who has access to those, where they went and, and that type of thing. And, and then signing a, a document. So if something does happen, we know who the person who did it was. So these are the kinds of things that we wanna look at. And then we're also looking at overhauling the entire system. What's it going to take to restore confidence? Are these machines worth it? Do we really want instant access of the results of the election. We gotta know tonight who won, even if that means that it might've been uh, some cheating going on because of the vulnerability of these machines. Are we that desperate to know immediately or are we willing to wait a little bit longer for a maybe a slower process, not terribly slower, but a, a secure, accurate result that might take a day or two versus an instant result that we can't trust. So these are the kinds of things that we have to do as we go forward to, to do the research and look and see what's the process that we need to turn to so that we don't have this anymore. This has really disrupted um, our, our communities. It's divis divisive and that's not necessary. We just need a good, secure voting system. Yeah, so, and a process too, right? Yeah, uh, and, a good and the process. process should include, in my opinion, retaining the, the hard copies. The process should include a voting day instead of a voting month or, or exactly. two, like they have in, uh, in California. Can you reveal, I don't want to put you on the spot. I, you probably can't talk at all about this. Uh, maybe you can, maybe you can't, but what we know so far about the audit. And if you can't, 
Um, I understand that there is also, uh, you want to put another layer of the process um, in, involved here, and that is trying to figure out if a single ballot was counted more than once. So number one, findings, do you have anything, you know, a little nugget you could throw at us? And, and number two, what about this uh, effort to, to see if uh, one ballot was used more than once? Well, I can say that I have spoken with somebody who is involved in the audit. I can't tell you what he told me, but I can tell you that uh, as of today, I don't think that if the results were released of what they know so far, that this is a 100% clean election. I, I think that it'll be very interesting to get the full results when they're ready. But yes, there's, there's an issue of looking at the ballot images, things that were scanned to see if you have a duplicate scan being used more than once uh, throughout the voting process, slipped in here, slipped in there, not noticed. There are only two companies in this country that can go through all of those images and tell if there's duplicate exact images being used more than once. And so our county supervisors, I am told, are looking at one of the companies. And then there's another company in California that's ran by a Democrat. And I'm hearing there's kind of a dust up as to whether we trust that company or not. And, and uh, who should use which company, how much they cost, all of those considerations. And when I listened to all of the details, I thought to myself, you know, if there's only one company that does it, there's going to be half the people that don't trust that they didn't fix something, that they didn't manipulate their results. And, you know, if the other companies used and by themselves, there's going to be the conservatives that don't trust him because he's a Democrat. So maybe the only solution to this is both companies need to independently run their tests and then compare their results. And that way, um, you know, if the first company knows the second company is going to do it, then that's a deterrent if they were ever going to do something nefarious. So I think it keeps everybody honest and you compare those two results. That's about the best case scenario that I can imagine. I'm hoping that that happens. I've, I've talked to leadership. I'm not sure where they're going to go with this situation, but I definitely want to see, I definitely want to see that test ran to see if there's any duplicates gone on there. I think it's a great idea to use both uh, to incorporate yeah. the Democrat uh, controlled uh, team, if you will, in California, because then it, it, air, it lends a, a small, slight error of bipartisanship. And, uh, you know, you know what's going to happen no matter what the results are, whenever you come up with the results of this audit. Of course, the mainstream media is going to attack it and the Democrats are going to attack it. It's going to be poo-pooed, but it is going to be a crucial, uh, a very important chunk of information, not only, again, for Arizona, but for all 49 other states, especially the, the blue swing states that played such a crucial role in the November election of 2020. Before I let you go, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but do you have any idea of when this audit might be wrapped up? Are we looking at the end of summer or what? I think that we're going to see the end of the counting um, done and possibly the end of the forensics on the paper and, and that type of thing done by the end of this month, I'm hoping. But then you have to wait for the report. And again, I, I'm not down there. I specifically avoid going there because my name's on those ballots. So I don't want to be accused of doing anything. To, I mean, not that they're looking at my race, but just it's inappropriate for me to be even in the building um, when those ballots were down here at the Maricopa County uh, where they count them there. We're not allowed into the building. So I personally don't want to be there. And um, so, but from what I can hear coming out from people who are working there, I I want to say, um, you know, don't take my word for it, 
that we should be looking at the end of the counting somewhere very soon and possibly the end of the month. And then the report should take around six weeks is what I was told. So it could be as soon as mid July, but as roadblocks come and, and the obstructionists continue <laughs> to try and stop this from happening, it might take longer. So I, I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later because we're still in session. And if we do find something very serious, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. If something comes up, I would love for us to fix that this year in statute rather than next year. And so I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that it's done sooner as everybody else I'm sure is as well. And um, we'll just wait and see. But uh, like I said, my job isn't to try to overturn the 2020 general election. I'm looking for things that we need to change in statute so that we can prevent this from happening again. And then we will leave it to uh, the, the campaigns and the lawyers and the judges to decide what to do with the results of the audit. But the American people. My, the American yeah, and people, American people. Right? Yeah, of course. Uh, it, but my job is to try and make sure this doesn't happen again. So yeah. that's, that's what I'm waiting for. Well, God bless you on your effort. Uh, sometime in late July, August, we're going to be uh, knocking on your door again and talking about the, uh, the forensic results. So if you don't mind, I'd like to have you back on the program then. Absolutely. And God bless you with your, uh, your work and your legislation. Good luck on that. Well, and thank you for helping us get the word out. I really appreciate you. No Thanks problem. Thank you. thank you, Senator. You bet. So God bless Senator Kelly Townsend of Arizona and all the other Republicans. And this is not a partisan issue, ladies and gentlemen. This is a constitutional issue. We need to get to the bottom of the election fraud and the election malfeasance that took place in Arizona and all states. Imagine the amount of election fraud that probably took place in California, but nobody cares. At least the people who run California don't care. Secretary of State, pay no attention. Eight o'clock, the polls close in California. Bam, Biden won. <laughs> you know, the senators, you know, it's called immediately. No, no counting going on. They're just, they just know, right? They just know. They know the results because they know the fix is in. So it's not a matter of whether there was election fraud. It's a matter of how much election fraud. And remember this with the media. Remember, the media doth protest too much, Shakespeare. Why doth the media protest so much? Well, we know the reason. Because they're covering. They don't want to know the truth. The media, if they were doing their First Amendment role, they would be right there with their cameras as close as possible looking at the count, right? If they really cared about voter integrity, they would be all over this. They wouldn't be sticking a microphone in some guy's face saying, you know, what did you know and when did you know it <laughs> about the funding? Who cares about the funding? Honestly, who cares? Who cares about who's funding this damn thing? We need to know the truth. We need to know about election malfeasance in this republic. Yeah, we need to know whether the election was stolen in 2020 and we need to make sure it doesn't happen ever again because this election audit in Arizona is bigger than just Arizona the future of this republic hangs in the balance the future of retaining the entire notion of one person one vote is hanging in the balance in the great state of Arizona 
This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.